0: It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 45. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Gopher football again this week and going inside the defense once again with one of our favorites, senior linebacker Mariano Marin. If you're a fan of football, you'll want to listen today as Mariano gives us a great assessment of the Golden Gopher football team and how play is going in the Big Ten this season. He's the senior leader on this really good defensive team and ready to host the rival Iowa Hawkeyes. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no cost, no obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit SunbeltMinnesota.com or TNN ma.com today. Servant leadership is their company motto, impacting the community in a positive manner. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, making it easier with local financial experts available to help in person or virtually. Learn more at affinityplus.org/goGophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app, so check that out as well. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland at ChamplinInsurance.com. I invite you to subscribe to the show it's free to click the subscribe button and you can listen at any time for free you can go back and listen to past podcasts as well that includes last week's show where we had a great time with gopher kicker drag on kesich a man with a big leg and a big personality this week we're talking golden gopher football once again on the go gopher podcast episode number 45 it's senior defensive captain from the gopher defense mariano sorry
1: marin next I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for gopher football. And I'm Ben Utec, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy, Uncommon award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be
0: part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900, or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, sky UMA, go Gophers. It's episode number forty-five, the Go Go for Podcast with Mike Grimm. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show, Mariano Sori Marin. And I think is this three or four appearances? Now? I think this this
1: might be the fourth. Fourth, uh, yeah. I can't remember exactly, but it's been a, it's been a couple. So, well, I
0: I, I think. Uh, I'm going to credit the podcast with creating this superstar. You, you you had a video out. What was it? Mariano Eats? Meals with Mariano. Meals with, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes. And now you had a journey feature or two put out now. And, um, you know, I think it all started with our visit last June when we, yeah, talked, I, when I we did the I top agree. 100 list or top I, 10 list on your 100 spot. That is right. That is yeah. right. And
1: you got to give credit to good old Paul <laughs> Rovenack as Paul well. Paul Rovenack. Set that up. He loves that story more than he does. Yeah, he does.
0: He does. So. He does. Uh, <laughs> have you
1: added any new restaurants? And like so We talked, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah, early. Earlier this year, yeah, like I said, each uh, each Thursday we're going to a new spot. So, uh, you know, as many weeks as there are in, in this the season, that's how yeah. many new spots I've been to this year. Um, last week was actually Bull's Horn, in St. Paul. It's a little little St. Paul townie bar, and they got really good fried chicken. Been to a few spots, Suki and Mimi. Uh, been to some taco spots so we've been all over yeah nice uh, been all over fancy hole in the wall spots we 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 do the whole the whole range of of restaurants but we've been enjoying it you yeah. know and that's a few of us guys on the team my roommates and each week you know, whoever wants to join joins us. So it's been fun. And is that a Thursday night in Denver? That's a Thursday night, yeah. yeah. So Thursday. what do you
0: got for this Thursday? I haven't yet?
1: decided yet. Yeah. Um, usually that's a Tuesday night, Wednesday night uh, thought process before I'm going to bed. I'll, I'll, huh. I'll run through the Yelp and, and Google a few spots and see where the guys want to go. But um, you know, usually it's kind of last second. So yeah. the spont- spontaneous is is the best. That's I feel best. like
0: no doubt. Um, so we're going to talk about last week's game, Northwestern. We'll talk about Iowa this weekend as. Well, we'll talk some football, certainly. uh, And this is relating to football, but it's Senior Day. Um, So I always ask this of seniors, uh, and it's usually close to the same answer. But one, um, what does Senior Day mean? And two, um, how fast did it all go? Yeah. From start to finish. Like, I'm sure there were times it feels like you've been here a million years when you're, you know, think about the weight room and yeah. fighting through, you know, bumps and bruises. But then it probably feels like it, like, how did how, how am I here at senior day? Is my senior day already. You
1: only sure. have one, right? Yeah. You know, senior day, it's going to be a really a celebration of, of all the time. And the accomplishments and the work that's been put in here, um, and, and it's going to be really cool to to spend that time in that and have that experience with my family. You know, my mom, dad, sister, and my grandparents will will all be joining me on the field before the game. So just to to share in that moment um, and kind of just have the collection of all the time here summed up in, in one quick little picture and hug and kiss before the game, uh, is it's really going to mean a lot. And when you look at my time here, I, for sure it flew by. And, uh, you know, sometimes you might say that the days are long and the weeks are short. Um, and, it, and it just really flew by. But I look back on all the times that I've had here, and I'm just so thankful and grateful for the opportunity that I've had here. And we still don't get me wrong. We still have a whole lot left to accomplish, but uh, you know, I'm just so grateful to, to be able to have those moments and memories and sharing those experience with all my teammates throughout these five years here. And, you know, I'll forever be grateful for sure. You know, the, the, the teammates and the coaches and the relationships that I've made and built that I'll have the rest of my life um, are truly going to you know, mean something and be special down the, down the road.
0: Yeah. You think about, I always like this one. I, you, you get to see a kid come in as a freshman and then play and mature and, and do whatever uh, you know, hopefully have success uh, and then get close to people that legitimately six months before they didn't even know existed and can turn into, you know, best friends for life. This, this is just one example of many. I'll just uh, shoot it out there because I, I, I thought it was cool. Earlier in the season, I was at one of the practices, and Phil Howard and Coney Durr were there. And I got thinking, you know, Coney's from, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, and, and Phil Howard is from right here in Robbinsdale. And, you know, six months before they became Gophers, Thousands of miles separate them. Didn't know each other, and here they are hanging out post graduation, coming to practice. Love being Gophers, and you know we'll probably be in touch with each other, you know, all the way up through, you know, through having kids, and eventually down the road, who knows, right? With their grandparents talking about what their grandkids are doing. I mean, that's pretty cool in a that you create that over a four or five year stretch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And when you come in as a freshman, you know, you hear all the older guys telling you those types of things. You're like, appreciate the time that you're going to have here. These are going to be your best friends for the rest of their life, and you know, maybe. at the beginning, your head's spinning so much with being in a new place, learning a new playbook, um, worrying about impressing the coaches and all that, that you sometimes miss um, the connection that you're building. Um, But as you get older and you get more experience, you start to understand what those guys were talking about. those, those relationships that you're building that you don't even know you're building, whether it's a hard workout, a hard practice, a tough loss, um, a good lo- a good win, a good victory, all these types of things, all these moments compiled together where you're building um an unbreakable relationship with with all these guys, and uh, just to see, you know, the guys that have gone on after me still have those relationships and and still be in contact with each other gives me hope and and makes me excited because I know that I'm going to be, you know, going on boys trips with these guys, um, several years down the road. We're going to be coming back to go for football games and and being able to tailgate together and just kind of relive those good days and 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 still have that great relationship that we've built here.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I, I suppose in 10 years, in 20 years, you'll come back, you'll watch games, you'll get together. Um, you'll be talking about Penn State. You might be talking about winning Floyd of Rosedale, your last chance here this weekend, uh, getting the ax maybe for a third time. Certainly you've had it twice. But I also figure – you're going to be talking about the time you went to the restaurant on that thursday wherever it was st paul minneapolis blaine i don't care um you're going to be talking about uh you know uh, a practice or maybe uh, somebody who uh, a class you took but it won't just be football probably
1: right right and and, and- Something that comes to mind when you mention that was this week we were watching, um, this Sunday after our Northwestern game, we were watching a recap of uh, certain plays from the game, and Coach Fleck was showing the fourth down stop that we had, um, where the entire defense just starts sprinting down the field. Nobody even knows where we're running to, <laughs> and uh, just to see that moment, he goes, what does this remind you of? And, and everybody immediately went to the Nebraska play, and we didn't have to... Say much, go into detail. Everybody knew that that Nebraska play was talking about the goal line stand that we had back in 2021 last year at our place against Nebraska. And uh, then he goes to Justin Wall. He goes, what What was the score of that game? Nobody, nobody could really even in- – tell you what the score of the game was yeah. but you look at the moments within that game the, of how you felt how you were so fulfilled and excited to be with your teammates you, you don't really look at the score at the end of the game but you just think of those those key plays or those times where you felt you gave it everything on the line and you were able to share it with your teammates that's what that's what you remember the most you remember the locker room after the game uh, and, and, and those are the moments that have the lasting impact on you.
0: Yeah and you mentioned that fourth down play let, let, let's talk a minute about that Northwestern win it was 30 1-3. Pretty dominating effort. Um, uh, but it was 0-0 zero, zero at that point, and they're on the way in. They're on plus side of the, uh, of the field. They hit a, a seam route on the tight end, which put them in, in decent position. Um, and then you guys hold them. It was 3rd and 2. It was 4th and 1. And then a tackle for a loss. What's going through your guys' mind at that point? Because uh, who knows where the game goes if you don't make the stop there, right?
1: Exactly. You, know, you, you look at the final score of that game, and you think, oh, it was, a, it was a complete blowout, whatever. But you gotta peel back the onion and look at how did the game get to that point? Because that, let's say they convert there and then go in to score. Now they're up, you know, three nothing, seven nothing. The game is completely flipped. Um, you look at us going into halftime where we let up some explosive plays going. Um, going down the field, and then we bowed up and held them to a field goal. Say maybe they score a touchdown. There's critical moments throughout the game where when you come in on Sunday you have to be able to realize that those are where the games are won and lost. We talk about those narrow, narrow plays all the time where it could be the difference of seven points, three points that are going to add up at the end of the day. Um, so it's really important as a team to bow up in those situations, to go out and execute, and know how important they are um, for the ultimate outcome of the football game.
0: That play in particular, if if I'm trying to recall it, was it was it Howden? He jumped, he he shot a gap, yep. and and bubbled the play a little bit. He right. may have made first contact. Did you come in and help clean up? Them? I did
1: not. Actually, if you watch that play, I'm stumbling all over the place, and it was <laughs> it was a laughing matter the next day in film because I was just rolling all over the place, getting tripped up. But there was a few guys in there. I know Lindenberg got in on it too. Um, so when you have a bunch of guys at the point of attack, um, it's usually good for the defense. So for us to bow up there and and make that critical stop in the game was huge, and it gives the ball back to our offense, and and then they're able to go down and score after that.
0: Uh, this uh, last week, actually, PJ on the radio show was talking about they have a formula now of a, a chart of some sort that depending on how many explosive plays you get, they can directly correlate generally how many points you're going to score in the game. And it's like if you have one explosive play, it might be worth 10 points, even though a touchdown is only worth seven and two might be double that on down the line. And so I ask him today as we, we had the coaches show, you know, they had four, I think, Northwestern yep. explosive plays. What should that have meant? because end up giving up just three points. And he said the formula is around 30 points is what yep. that should have meant because of the four uh, plays that uh, explosive plays. So, one, um, it's a good job by the defense to, to recover. On the flip side, I'm sure, hey, if four is too much. You can't give that much up. So how, how do you uh, kind of uh, reconcile those two thoughts there?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a stat that we look at all offseason long when we're preparing um, – formulate our defense, that's something that we we highlight and, and make a point of emphasis because we do talk about the more explosive plays leads to an extreme amount of points, and we usually say three is that difference. You know, we, we once you get over three, that's when they start getting into 30, 30 plus points, so in that game it was actually a little bit of an anomaly because they had four explosive plays, but when we're looking at the statistics, it, it, it's not necessarily guaranteed. Just right. because they have them, maybe... A large portion of the time they're going to score this many points but it's not guaranteed so that's a testament to our defense and to our response there because we did give up way too many explosive plays in that game but we were able to bow up on those drives um, get the ball back to our offense and limit those points so obviously we don't want to live in that world all the time because over time we are going to start giving up points if you're giving up those many explosive plays but we did show the other end that yeah, maybe we do give it up an explosive play, but that doesn't mean they have to score on that drive. Right. That doesn't mean we have to give up points. Um, we can get the ball back here, um, and that and then that was just a you know, like I said, a testament to our defense because we we had a rough patch in our season where we we lost three games and. You're looking after that Penn State loss where we gave up an extreme amount of points and we come back and we respond to Rutgers. We go into Nebraska, we're down 10 points, we go in and respond. That's that's becoming the theme where we have to respond, and that's critical in football games is your ability to respond and overcome adversity to come out on top. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, w- I guess I'd liken
0: it a little bit like if you're a golfer, you um, you hit one in the bunker, the stats are that's probably going to be a bogey. Right. But it doesn't have to be a bogey. You can you can make a nice shot out of that. You can scramble. They actually have the scrambling stat, right, in golf. So I would guess uh, the scrambling stat for you guys last week was pretty good. You had a few bunker shots, right. but you're able to still shoot a round under par and and, and, uh, and and get out of there with a win. For sure, yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe not me out of the bunker. Personally, <laughs> you've hit where, a few in the bunker yeah, when you're out I there. I hit a lot of the bunker. <laughs> and it takes about two or three attempts to get out, but... uh Good thing that my uh, my golf game isn't my football game because we'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, when when um, do you guys feel it? Like um, I, I thought at Nebraska, there was some momentum. They like that opening drive. They you know they I know they did some things that in, even their coach during the week, their interim coach said, "Hey, it's um, we're going to try to establish the run game." And boy, they did. They, they they marched down the field mostly handoffs. They hit an explosive on the first play, like right. thirty six yards, and then um, they got a field goal. All of a sudden, it's ten nothing. Um, but then after that, uh, I don't know what it was, but you guys just clamped down. Um, can you feel that momentum? Like, like, okay, this is it for these guys.
1: Well, you know, we actually talk about all the time that momentum doesn't exist. Right. Um, it's really coming down to are you going to respond and are you just going to simply play better? And we knew that's what we had to do as a defense. So they, they, that first drive, we were terrible. It, being quite frank, you know, we, we did not execute – to the standard of our defense, and they were able to punch the ball in. Second drive, same thing. They drove down the field, and then we finally decided we needed a bow up there, and we were able to force a field goal. And then after that, we had six three-and-outs in a row at one point in that game. And there's no momentum shift. It's just us making a decision that we have to respond in this critical situation. Coach Rossi gave us phenomenal adjustments from the box. Uh, We talked about it. We remained calm, and we went back to who we are as a team and as a defense. Um, And then we were able to execute as simple as that. Yeah, uh,
0: PJ and well, PJ talked about Coach Rossi um, at one point said I'm, I might as well throw the this game plan out and just you know get back to basics because I think you guys were probably preparing for Thompson to play right, right, and then uh, two different guys play and then once you guys got a handle on what was going on, I kind of kind of compared it in my mind and maybe it's totally different. I don't know what I'm talking about to that Indiana game last year where yes. early that quarterback's just running all over, right? And then once you guys figured out okay, this is what he wants to do. I mean, it was like the faucet shutoff for Indiana. They had nothing. Like yep. it was more. He completed more to Minnesota than he did to, to, to his own guys. After that, and and that, those games were a little bit different, but it was a similar sense I got that once you figured out, okay, this is the quarterback that's playing, and I think PJ mentioned that um, you know some of the stuff is that hey, let's just get back to drills we did in the fall camp right, that right. that you, you you not now we know the game plan that we had is 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 kind of out. Yep. And so here's what we're gonna do and. As you mentioned, some adjustments get thrown in too, but how, how important is that recall to okay, here's here's how we play defense? Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I remember Coach Haynes was echoing the message from Coach Rossi that this is just going to be a big old-fashioned Big Ten football game. And, you know, I think in that first drive where you're you're expecting one thing and it's quite not the picture that you're getting. So you're thinking, you're you're hesitating, you might be a little slow and then You're late on a tackle, and next thing you know, the ball's out for 30 yards. So when we finally realized, like, hey, we just need to be us. Focus Mm -hmm. on us. Don't worry about what they're doing. Do your job and execute it to the best of your ability and trust that all the other 10 guys on the defense are going to do that and we'll be all right. And that's exactly what we did. Everybody started playing their style of football and doing their job, and we were able to, like I said, have six three-and-outs in a row. Um, Yeah, so – obviously they gave us some different pictures than what we expected, but at the end of the day we have to go out there and play our rule and do our jobs, and, and we, were, we were able to turn that on after those first two drives.
0: It's been interesting too, right? Because as you guys have prepared, I think last week was the sixth straight week that you weren't exactly sure who the opposing quarterback would be in terms of the starter, um, and then as it turned out last week, he ended up facing four guys right. before it was all said and done. Um, so how, how much, I suppose if they're similar guys in the gameplay can stay the same and i'm thinking like and you're a coach on the field um okay are we going to call a blitz here are we going to call this we're going to call that or how do we want to do it oh the quarterback's different that may change that may change everything but yet everything kind of stays the same
1: too right yeah i mean and it really depends on what the personnel is of the quarterback or the player that is is switching in and out um you know sometimes there might be two to different style quarterbacks. One guy is more prone to run the ball. They'll have a certain play calls and certain plays that they like to do with one guy. Whereas another guy might be a drop back pocket passer that doesn't like to have the ball in his hands. Um, So coach Rossi does a phenomenal job in the week, educating us on what to expect with Certain player in the game, Um, and the way he calls the game might change with a certain player in the game. Um, So that goes down to our preparation, um, you know, in the week, just knowing and understanding what to expect with somebody in the game. And like I said, at the end of the day, that doesn't guarantee anything. Um, You know, we've had times this year where they break rule, they break tendency, um, but we just have to be. On top of our game, with our assignment, our job, and go out there and execute no matter what they throw at us. Um, and and you look at that Nebraska as a prime example. That Nebraska game as a prime example of that because we had some you know expectations going into that game, some tips and tendencies that you know were kind of thrown out the window, and you know we just had to go back to our style of defense and execute our game plan. You know, the way we know how to do it.
0: And then within the linebacker group over the last uh, handful of weeks, there's been I guess a change a little bit in terms of rotation. Cody Lindenberg's playing a little bit more. Willis still getting in there. Um you're obviously playing almost every down. Um and, and Braylon, uh it has kind of gone back to what he did, was it last year? Yeah, he's
1: playing he, yeah. So he's doing our Sam position, which was where he was at last year, and then our dollar position on third down where he's able to blitz and mix in coverages as well. Yeah. So when you look at that rotation, yeah, you know, that that's a testament to all the preparation work we've done in the offseason, because guys, this is an extremely smart linebacker group, um, and Coach Rossi demands that of us to know the defense as if you're playing any single position, so we're able to shuffle in and out at different spots, um, and and he's looking to put us in the best positions for a certain game plan um so I think the the guys in the room have done a phenomenal job of doing that and coach Rossi's putting us in the best position to make plays and do our jobs and execute the game plan given what the what the offense shows us so you know and and you look at the development and growth of Cody Lindenberg moving over to Will you look at Braylon going back to the Sam we're kind of really hitting all cylinders as as a unit right now and you know, you're just proud of him. We have to continue to keep that up going into this week. And then
0: I know Michael Dixon is listed as a uh, as a safety, but he almost kind of serves as a linebacker at times, right? In the when he comes in as an extra guy in a, in a pass down or what have you. And um, just observationally, because I I don't break it down like you guys do, but I thought he was really good against Northwestern last yeah. week.
1: Yeah, and and I. You know, Coach Rossi mentioned that was one of his best games of the season, if not the best game. And you just showed his physicality that he had in that game um, and his ability to fit the run at times, as well as getting a coverage and and break up some passes. Um, And then on the edge, where they were running some screens. in some perimeter plays, he was extremely physical, flying all over the place. So just to see his growth throughout the year and where he's come to as a player um, is awesome. And, and we're going to need that out of him this week, you know, looking at a team like Iowa with the physicality that they have. And, you know, they like getting the ball on the perimeter as well with their stretch game and their now screen game. You know, having a guy like Flip Dixon out there that's basically a linebacker that can run like a safety is going to be, you know, Critical for us in that game.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a home game for you guys. Let's let's shift gears now as we we recap the past couple of weeks talking Northwestern and Nebraska to a certain degree with with Iowa coming to town. I think I asked you this in the summertime when you, when you were on and we talked about the schedule and talked about you know playing in the whiteout game and um, you know trying to win the pig for the first time. And I think at the time you said, "Yeah, I think about that. It does bug me a little bit that I haven't won the pig yet." Can you think about that now this week, or is it just solely game plan, and if it comes, it comes? And how much how much do you think about that, say, in the summer of the offseason that you want Floyd of Rosedale?
1: Yeah, you know, when you're looking at it from the offseason perspective, you, you look at the, the end in mind. You know, what are you working towards? And that kind of drives you and motivates you to get up each morning and to work to be your best so that when those opportunities do present themselves, you're ready um, and you're prepared to go out there and execute. But once you're in the moment, you know, the work in the off season, the strength, the conditioning, um, the studying of the playbook, that's that's all been done. And now, going into game week, you're focused on 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 us, on our game plan, our execution, what we need to do to be the best on Saturday. That's really what you're focused on. Um, and you know how critical this game is. Uh, you know, I think everybody does. It's it's a it's a rivalry game, a very historic game that's been played for. I think this is the 116th meeting, um, if I'm correct, between these two teams. And so you just look at all the history and 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 what's been before us and what's going to come after us so just to be a small part of that game is really cool but at the end of the day going out there you just have to be yourself you just have to go out there and execute to the best of your ability um and and let the let the results take care of themselves. Yeah, I wondered about
0: that too, because you—it's senior day, and you don't—you don't want things to build up like senior day. Hey, we haven't won this rivalry trophy, and and all of a sudden you're tight as can be when the right. when the ball
1: goes in there. You don't want that, right? Yeah, no, th- and th- and that's 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 not what we're trained to do at all. We're trained to focus on what our task is at hand. We're focused to train on. We're fo- we're. We're trained to focus on what our job is on that given play and not let the moment get too big for itself because that's when you start allowing the external factors to dictate how you're behaving and how you're you know preparing and, and ultimately how you're gonna go out there and execute. Because if you're worried about them, worried about what they do, worried about senior day, all those things are gonna distract you from the task at hand. So obviously those are all you know factors in this game, but you have to remain dead focused on. On yourself and, yeah. and and on us as a team and what we have to go out there and do. Now
0: you grew up loving football. I remember the last time you were on, you said you started watching film when you were 12 years old as a youth football player, which I think is amazing and yeah. awesome. Um, and so, and you grew up in Chicago, Big Ten country. How familiar though were you with of this rivalry uh, of Iowa and Minnesota and the history of the Floyd of Rosedale pig and the bronze statue and all of that in regard to um, uh, when you got to campus and now how quickly did it build in that? Oh yeah. Um, we we want to go go win this thing.
1: Yeah, you know, growing up a a, a college football fan and a fan of football in general, you you obviously know about this game. Um, But, you really don't understand what it means to the state of Minnesota and to the fans of Minnesota and the people that have grown up here their entire lives until you become a Minnesotan. And, uh, you know, I, I talk with, uh, you know, the guys that are from this state and they, they they educate you as you come up as a guy from Chicago. They educate the outsiders on what this game means. And you just hearing fans talk about it and, you know, whether it's the offseason or leading up to the game, um, just hearing the fans you know, express how much this means to him. you, you, you get an understanding. Um, and I, I talked about it in media today. Um, I might be a kid from Illinois, but I feel like I'm Minnesota at heart. <laughs> um, you know, so this game means everything to me, just as a kid from Chicago, I feel like I'm a Minnesotan. So it, as every Minnesotan does this, this game means a lot, but you, You don't focus on that as a player when you're going out there and playing that game. You're focused on yourself, like I talked about earlier, and the game plan because that's all you can. You know, you can't worry about them or else you're going to get distracted on what you need to do.
0: The other big rival, certainly in in the Minnesota Gopher program would be Wisconsin. Those are the two border rivals. But I think there's some good ones developing. I think that Nebraska rivalry in that series is fun. And and I think the fans maybe more, you know, players are, like you say, you have to focus on tackling whoever has the ball or knocking down whatever passes there. But fans, right. I think, have an you know, obviously Wisconsin-Minnesota, Iowa-Minnesota. I think that Nebraska deal is starting to build into a pretty good one, too. Um, but but you want you've won the Axe now twice, so that's a similar kind of thing. And that that was a longer drought there. Can you take something from that? No, you know the feel that you had even a year ago on your home field to win that, and and at least visualize uh, this weekend in a different rivalry, of course. But but winning a rivalry game like that,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, anytime something hasn't been done here in. I think it's what going on 9 years?
0: Yeah, 7 straight I think. 7 right straight
1: it. that we haven't won that. Um you know that it's going to take so, you know it's going to take work and effort that hasn't been done here in, in 7 years. So that's just the you know the truth to be honest. So, you know, you look at those those Wisconsin games where we won the axe where we hadn't won in in a long time and and you think about this game uh How did we win that Axe game? We focused on ourselves. We didn't worry that it hadn't been 20-plus years that we'd won at uh, Camp Randall. We just went out there and executed our game plan, and, and we dominated in those football games, and that's what we have to do in this game as well. It's been so many years since we've won the Pig, we have to go out there and be ourselves if we want want to ha- hold it up at the end of the day on Saturday.
0: Let me real quickly mention our sponsor here of the Go Gopher podcast. One of our sponsors is Affinity Plus. It's your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930 as a current Gopher student or proud Gopher alum. Either one, you are eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches. They're statewide here in Minnesota, and they have one just uh, up the road here on University in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. you can learn more and find out any way to connect you can go to this webpage affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinity plus federal credit union federally insured by NCUA we thank them for their support of our podcast their support of gopher athletics and they do so much for the state they also sponsor and do so much for Special Olympics Minnesota the Polar Plunge which uh, is is approaching here a little bit as it uh, is getting into those winter months as we look outside with the uh, with the no, Moriano. Sorry, Marin is with us here, and uh, we're chatting with him about uh, Go for Football on the Go Go for Podcast. So we're uh, we're hitting on Floyd of Rosedale now. Uh, you look at Iowa, you see what they've done offensively. Um, obviously, without giving away the game plan to the millions of listeners here on the Go Go for Podcast, uh, what do you see from them, and what will some keys be for the maroon and gold?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Iowa; they're Iowa, and and what do I mean by that? They're a physical operation. They play sound football. They play extremely well in defense. They play extremely well in special teams where they're actually scoring points. I think Coach Fleck mentioned today that their defense scores around three, on average, three points a game. Um, And their special teams makes critical plays, block punts, um, explosive runs in the return game. So when we look at that, we have to know that we have to play complete complementary football as a team, Um, offense, defense, special teams to win this football game. And that's... That's the, the formula going into every single football game. But we know when it's a rivalry game and it's the next one and it's November, when football is at its best, when it's cold, there's snow on the ground, and November is championship football, we know we, we're going to have to take that formula and apply it this Saturday against the Hawkeyes. And we always talk about it, 1-0 in the championship season. This week it happens to be Iowa. We have to take the things that we've learned all the way up, to this point in the season and go out there and apply them and execute this this Saturday against them.
0: You mentioned uh, it's November kind of football. It's going to be cold. I don't think it'll be the coldest game in, in stadium history. I don't think it'll be the coldest game that you'll have played in here at Minnesota, but um, let's face it, 20-something with a wind chill in the single digits probably by the time the sun goes down. It's not the warmest game ever. Um, and and I've, I've heard various players say different things. Certainly if, if those guys that play from the south, uh, I don't think they like that much in terms of it. Do you embrace it? Does it stink? Does it suck to play in cold weather? What's your theory personally on, on football in uh, in November?
1: No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, Chicago's not as cold as here, but I grew up in the Midwest where snow is a normal part of, of the season and uh, you, you just learn to live with it. And uh, you look at the Minnesota guys and they're 100% in on the cold. And actually today at practice, I went out there and I'm always giving the linebackers a hard time if you show up out there with uh, with sleeves on, <laughs> or, or if you look at our pregame warmups last week, I think Andy Andy Grader post tweeted a picture out of all the linebackers warming up with no shirts on. So we do embrace it for sure. And 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 going back to my story about practice today, I, I showed up out there with sleeves on, and I noticed that basically all the linebackers had no sleeves on. And I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like I can't even believe I put on sleeves right now. Well, I can't go back in the locker room, so I. Immediately before practice even starts, call over one of the, the equipment girls, and I'm like, "Give me your scissors," and I start cutting <laughs> off my sleeves, and I had to cut my sleeves off before practice because I'm like, "How can I sit there and embrace the cold, embrace the r north mentality that yeah. it doesn't matter the weather condition if I'm sitting here wearing sleeves at practice while it's snowing outside?" So, I got those got those sleeves off right away and uh, was was back to to. You know, our style of football.
0: Cold weather. In fact, as we record this, you have your uh, your uh, powder blue R-North sweatshirt. I think I've seen a lot of guys yep. uh, wearing that now. Did you get that in the last couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is we, – we have a few of these, and this is kind of our theme and our mantra going into November that November is obviously imp- – important time for football. That's when championships are won. That's when, you know, you win your trip to Indy. Um, and the price continues to go up as the season goes on. So when we look at, you know, our north and that mentality, we know it's going to be cold here in Minnesota. And and teams are going to have to come here and play in that cold, whether it's snow, sleet, negative Degrees with the wind chill, whatever. Um, we're built for that, and that's our style of football. So you're gonna have to come into our our stadium and play in those conditions. So that's what that's what we preach, and that's what we, you know, talk about, and that's what the sweatshirt means yeah. to all of us. And um, so I, I I gotta go back to why did you put sleeves on today? Yeah. you know, I don't think th- I think I was thinking so much about the game plan that I didn't even realize what I was throwing on, <laughs> and I put the sleeves on, and. I'm walking out to practice and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, what am I wearing? But uh, I quickly made up for it. <laughs> that's, I, that's pretty I good. I Just say, cut the sleeves yeah, and off. I, yeah, you know, I was screaming to the linebackers. I'm like, I'm not sure why. I'll put <laughs> sleeves on it, but don't you worry. I'm going to make it up. I'm yeah. going to make up for it. So that's I call, awesome. I got those scissors out immediately and cut them off. And, you know, I, I can't say what was going through my head when I put them on. But, you know, I made you, the right you it. You corrected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, can, we respond. We the, talk about responding all the time and changing our best. That's changing the best. That's clutch, too, to yes. think of that. Because yes. yes. you
0: can't go in and rip off your gear. No, I couldn't go back in. Practice was about to just hard, so. slash those sleeves off that's yep. good um- and, and and on top of that, now in terms of, of, of embracing it, because you mentioned the picture that that uh, Andy and others uh, tweeted out, the Northwestern team then came out and like almost all of them were yep. without shirts. Yep. Okay, so that game ends up thirty-one-three. You guys, um, so it it it's one thing, and I'm not. This isn't a knock on Northwestern because right. they, they want they're trying to embrace it, and they, right. I mean, they've actually played their better games this year in some crappy weather. So right. it, so this isn't not a knock on them, but. No matter who and how you embrace it, at the end of the day you still have to you still have to play football, right? Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day. Someone's gonna win, someone's gonna lose. Right. If both teams come out with no shirts, they're <laughs> they're thumping their chest, but at the end of the day the the, the guy thumping on the chest at the end of the day is going to be the guy that plays the better game, right?
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. We understand that too. You know, <laughs> there's some th-
0: gamesmanship yeah, there, I right? Yeah, I think
1: I think it's more just you know showing our pride in the in Minnesota, mm-hmm. the pride in the cold weather, and and you know a little bit of our toughness. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's gonna it comes down to execution. Um, and so yeah, the shirts is a fun little gig to take them off, but we know that at the end of the day you're gonna have to play in that weather. Yeah. Um, and you know the cold. The snow, the, the the bad climate brings out Big Ten football. Uh, it bring, brings out running the football and stopping the run. You can't necessarily throw the ball down the field, do all the tricks and gadgets that you want to do when you know your hands are frozen and the ball is slipping all over the place. So, you know that's going to be a testament to this game. Uh, coming up on Saturday, because those are two similar style teams. You know, us and us in Iowa, where we're built on those those yeah. principles, where we're going to run the ball, and you got to stop the run.
0: Did you? Were you guys out there when Northwestern was out there? Did you see it, or did you find out later?
1: I found out later, and I know they've done that in the past. Just yeah. being a Chicago kid, um, I know that that's kind of they do they do that quite a bit. Um, So I I knew that they were going to do that. Um, And then I saw the tweet after the game that they did it. So it was cool. I was just
0: wondering, too, because if you do that, too. uh, So you guys have embraced it. It's your home field. This is our north. And then they come out and do that. I wondered if that would have offered pregame extra motivation potential, like, hey, you're coming into our house without shirts on too? Come on, this is yeah. our, you know, so right. uh, a lot of that's all talk anyway, oh, but yeah, um, sure. but I didn't know if that was a, a bulletin board type no. moment for you guys or not.
1: No, we didn't see them. And, and <laughs> at the end of the day, even if we did, we'd focus yeah. on ourselves, you know, how we always say that. So, How many guys did you uh, know on
0: that Northwestern team maybe you played against or knew of uh, either th- through playing youth or high school football or recruiting uh, circles or what have you?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a good handful of guys that I knew just from playing against in high school and being in the area, but there's two in particular that I know really well, um, one of whom who I actually played youth football with my entire life and uh, he's one of their starting uh, interior defensive linemen, Devin O'Rourke, and then there was a transfer linebacker, Declan Carr, who transferred in from Drake there, um, and we grew up in the same neighborhood as well, played youth football against each other, and we were able to get a picture after the game, all of us guys. So, you know, it's cool. and special... He ended up playing
0: quite a bit, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
1: He did. With their one linebacker getting um, out of the game, he was able to come in and, and get some meaningful snaps. So it's cool to see the guys that you've worked out with, played against, competed with your entire life, Um going on to the next level and getting that opportunity again. Because, you know, it's it's really special to just to see the growth and development of all of us guys that we're friends at a young age, you know, fulfilling our dreams and, and playing Big Ten football against each other.
0: Yeah, and Chicago's kind of that melting pot. There's a guy from Chicago on almost every team you right. face, right? And whether you know him or not, you probably are aware of him. So how about Iowa? Do they have some guys you know of?
1: Yeah, so Turner Palisard, um, another guy that – worked out with a tremendous amount, uh, played against a few times. Um, and and we've we've talked a bunch of times, you know, when we're back in town, we talk with each other um, just about our seasons and, and what it's like playing at our schools. And, you know, like I said, just it's really cool because, yeah. um, you know, when you're a little kid, you always talk and dream about getting to play in the Big Ten or getting to play big time college football. And then to see your friends and yourself fulfilling that dream is special, and that's what makes you know those moments of memories really worth it.
0: You mentioned the Big Ten, so I got to ask you: the Big Ten set up a schedule, I think, by design for November. It's why you guys right. have those sweatshirts, right? So you guys are playing Wisconsin and Iowa. Northwestern has been in the thick of the chase. Nebraska was the start of November. Iowa played Wisconsin last week. They got you know uh, Nebraska next week. Minnesota this week, and uh, Purdue and Illinois played big game last week. They're big rivals. I think they're. Separated by about an hour and a half. Um, And so here you are with it, and five teams still mathematically alive to end up in Indianapolis. Some have better chances than others, and you know, but heck, upsets happen. You never know. Um, How much do you? pay attention to that um it, does it offer extra like hey we got a shot here if we keep playing football or or is it still that same old you know make the play this down
1: yeah no it, it's that same mentality where we're going to focus on on us and we're going to focus on this one game championship season because uh at this point nobody really controls their own destiny isn't that um, weird in the, it, two weeks so left weird. and nobody yeah. everybody right. needs help yep and you know, there's factors that are outside our control. But at the end of the day, the only thing that we can control is us. And us going out and executing this Saturday against Iowa at this point in time is the only thing that we can control. So if we take care of business there and other things f- happen to fall into place, then that's awesome for us. But if we don't take care of business, then none, none, none of the other stuff matters. So that that's what our mentality is as a team. Um And then that's what it has to be that we have to focus on ourselves and go out there and worry only about us on Saturday against Iowa. And and take
0: care of business and see where it goes from there, right? Exactly, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but that said, how how much do you uh, pay attention to, like, uh, other teams, standings? Oh, that guy had 12 tackles in this game that we, that we watched highlights of. And just have a general sense of what's happening in particularly the West, but in the Big Ten, and maybe nationally in college football, do you pay attention to the SEC? I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it's
1: limited, um, exp- you know, just because – we're doing football so much that you really don't get the time to be a fan. And when you do personally, when I get that time away from football, like whether it's after a game and there still might be college games on, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch our film. Yeah. I'm going to watch our film from the game instead of watching another college college football game. Um, and I think that's just because we're we're doing it so much, but you do know the other players and the other teams, and you see them on film a lot um and you grow a tremendous amount of respect for certain players uh just seeing how hard they play on film and and seeing what they do but like i said it it, it it's it's limited um just because of the amount of time that we're putting in, I think you really get to, you know, where I I show my fandom of of football is in high school. Yeah. I, I follow the the Chicago or the Illinois high school playoffs pretty closely, and I get to watch my former team. Providence Catholic, who's actually in the state semifinals this Saturday. So that's really where I get to show sure. my fandom yeah. um, and can invest in it um, and, and and cheer on teams because, uh, you know, it's not at our level and it's it doesn't really have an impact yeah. on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so I remember years ago, Jeff Horton was the interim coach here uh, for the Gophers, and we were doing a coaches show, and it was in October. And the World Series was going on, and I just it we just had to fill a few minutes. so I asked who his pick in the World Series was. Legit, he didn't know who was playing in the World Series. Yeah, and that that's when it kind of hit me. So that would have been you know ten, eleven years ago. And Jeff was a great guy. Uh, he was actually, as it turned out, he was he spent time in Arlington, Texas, and the Rangers were in. I want to say they were either in the playoffs or or in the in the World Series. I don't know if that. Yeah, I think it was. twenty eleven. So it just it just weird. To me, that's when it struck me like, yeah, these guys, all you guys live in your own little world, man. Right, yeah. Right? I mean, and I can crazy. say the same
1: thing. I I know the Astros Want won it? the World yeah. Series. Uh, it was against Philadelphia, but that's all I could tell you. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is from, like, Twitter and social media where you're just scrolling and you'll see, like, the Astros won the World Series, but in, quite quite frankly, I didn't watch a single game. And, um, mm-hmm. you know... That's just because of the time and effort that we're putting into, you know, our work right. and our cause that we have in front of us. That you don't necessarily get to to watch those, you know, those games. How so. about NFL? Are you a Bears guy? Yeah, I'm a Bears mm-hmm. guy. Um, growing up in Chicago, when I was younger, I was an enormous fan. We'd watch every single game. Who was again, your guy? Oh, Brian Urlacher. Urlacher. Got yeah. a big old picture yeah. of him in my room at home. Um, yeah, so I was a huge fan of him. Devin Hester as well. Back when the Bears were, were good, and you know, when but but they're on the rise, and I. Paul like well, Fields has been yeah, crazy. He's good, been phenomenal. Right? Yeah. And I like what they're doing, but again, don't get a whole lot to a uh, whole lot of time. Your to watch Sundays them. are pretty busy. Yeah, right? Sundays yeah. are pretty busy. Some guys, you know, pay attention to it more than others, but you know, I, I kind of like to just decompress from football a little yeah. bit when I do have my time away, and I think high school football is. If I'm gonna watch any football, I'll throw on the Celtics. Um, their recap. And 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 I think that's that's perfect because it's the purest form of yeah. football. Um, you know, guys just doing it because they love it, um, you know, not for money, not for NIL or anything like that. They're doing it because they love their teammates and they're they're proud to proud to play for their high school and and that's what makes football so special and and that's
0: why I enjoy it so much. Well, last one because I do got to ask as we're talking NFL. Did you at least see some of that Vikings Bills game?
1: Yes, I saw. Unbelievable. I, I saw the overtime interception and that's about it I was walking in the training room and I heard screaming out in the uh, you know I'm I'm in the locker room and I hear screaming coming from inside the training room and that's where a lot of guys usually watch their NFL games because we got treatment all day on Sunday in the middle of the day so guys will be you know doing stim or sitting in the tubs watching the games so I'm like all right, I better go check (laughs) this. these Minnesota guys right? So I'm like all right, I hear screaming there must be something crazy going on in one of these games so I go in there and sure enough the Vikings are in overtime and I know was a huge comeback Um, and I kid you not I watched two plays the first play before the interception and then the interception to seal the game in overtime and I'm like well glad I came in here when I (laughs) did you know to see that but you know I know they're doing well and and minnesota fans are excited for, for yeah, that
0: team that game was crazy i mean there's so many twists and turns that it would take a whole nother hour just to explain it and i'm sure yeah. they'll be legit that game could have a 30 for 30 yeah uh
1: you know because they fumble at the goal line yep. uh, the game's over and oh yeah i, I, I ended goal up line. i saw i heard it was a wild ride so i had to watch the you Highlights. know like the 60 yeah. 60 minutes and 60 yeah. seconds uh rerun of it and yeah there was a lot of great plays made <laughs> it's and, crazy You know, the Vikings overcame a lot of adversity in that game.
0: Well, hey, as always, we appreciate it. We have a $100 gift card for you, prepaid Visa card from our sponsor, Affinity Plus. So enjoy that. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your time. And, man, let's go get the Hawkeyes this weekend. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. All right. There he is, Mariano Marin. He's episode number 45 the Go Gopher podcast. My thanks once again to Mariano Sorimarin. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. The Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit SunbeltMinnesota.com or TNMA.com today. We're also proud to be supported by Affinity Plus Fed Credit Union, your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Go to AffinityPlus.org/slash gophers Affinity Plus sponsors our player profile each week, supporting Golden Gopher student athletes. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to Past Podcast, and right now be sure to click the subscribe button on the Go Gopher Podcast. It's free to listen at any time. And please share the link on your social media channels so others can listen as well. We'll talk again next week.